You are listening to the You Are Techie podcast, episode number 144. Welcome to the You Are Techie podcast, where it's all about growing in your techiness so you can find the tech job of your dreams. And now your host, technology learning coach, Ellen Toomey. Hey, moms. Are you trying to break into tech? Are you wondering what skills you really need to get hired and how those skills can be worth $45 an hour instead of the $25 an hour you thought when you first started thinking about going back to work? If so, then the Your Techie membership is for you. Our combination of courses, coaching, and community come with the mentor support you need to keep moving forward in your tech career. It's like no other membership program available. We have the exact skills employers are looking for. You'll learn how to maximize your income with portfolio-ready skills that hiring managers are seeking, not to mention the steps you can skip so you don't find yourself down that endless tech learning rabbit hole. Join me as I walk you step-by-step through the getting hired process in tech. Sign up at youartechie.com. That's Y-O-U-A-R-E-T-E-C-H-Y.com. I can't wait to see you in our membership. Hi, welcome to the show. This is part two of a two-part series. So if you missed it, go ahead and hop on over to episode 143 of the podcast. Listen to that one first and then come back here. But if you did listen to it, then this is episode 144 where we're doing the second half of the speech that I gave to tech moms, Why Tech Needs Moms, subtitle, and Moms Need Tech. So thanks so much to my friends over at Tech Moms for letting us use this in the podcast. I really appreciate it. Robin and Mikel had a ton of fun doing the speech. You know, it's my favorite topic. So without further ado, here is the episode. Welcome to the Tech Learning Rabbit Hole. Now, this is something I talk about a lot in the podcast. I've addressed a lot. When I say it, people are like, oh yeah, I get it. The Tech Learning Rabbit Hole. And that's what I was in when I learned that other programming language that was completely unnecessary for what I wanted to do and what I returned to workforce for. It's like, oh, you return, you, the tech learning rabbit hole. So that's one. You add a skill. You can add a skill. The tech learning rabbit hole can also be, I need to be even better at this. So for example, I teach UX design. Okay. I need to know every feature and function of Figma. Once I know that, then I'm allowed to be hired. Incorrect. Another tech learning rabbit hole, YouTube, but now spiraling down of different YouTubes. Another tech learning rabbit hole, listening to a bunch of different experts. So that's how we can lose focus is we get sucked into this rabbit hole, which by the way, you have to constantly remind yourself where you are, what you should do and how to move forward. What is the one next right step and know your goal. You have to know your goal. And so if your goal is to get hired, you have to actively weed out the tech learning rabbit hole or it is coming for you. Oh, another one, another $10 course, another $10 course. There's just, it takes a lot of forms. And so if you're not actively weeding it out, then you're not going to know your goal. You're not going to stay focused on your goal. So if your goal is to break into tech, which is what most of you are doing to create meaningful work in your life and to get paid a salary worth your value, that is your goal. And you're not selfish. You're not greedy. That is where you want to stay. And so what I want, you would say, okay, that's nice. That sounds nice. But here's where it's the rubber beats the road. When you're in, and this is how you get out of the tech learning rabbit hole, when you're looking at what you are learning, you need to be harsh, a harsh line with yourself and say, is this helping me get hired? Yes or no. Can I learn this after I get hired? Table it. 
right? So I talk a lot about getting hired faster and for more money, which sounds like a big marketing buzz, but really what it is that I don't want you to waste time in that tech learning rabbit hole. And it's just calling for you. Look at that cute little bunny. It wants you. No, you need to learn the skills. And once you have those skills, you don't want to overlearn them. Your goal is to get hired, not to learn everything in tech. If that was your goal, I don't think you're going to succeed. And this is where I say you know your goal and then you do the one next right thing. Boom, that's it. You know your goal, you do the one next right thing. That's it. So that is really ultimately what needs to happen in your life and in, 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 your, in your date, in your mind, in your brain, when your brain's like, well, all the things. What if I don't get hired? What if they don't like me? I think I'm too old. Ellen, am I too old? No, you're not too old. If my mother, she's 74, she's visiting this week, I love her. If she came to me and she's like, am I too old to get hired in tech? I actually think she'd ask me this. And I'm like, nope, you are not too old. You can do this. So I don't care. All of those things are preventing you from doing the one next right thing to getting your goal. And that's where your brain should spend the majority of your time. And by focusing, oh, by the way, by focusing your brand on the one next right thing, you're actually practicing being in tech because in tech, it's the same thing. What is the question in front of me? The reason we spin and freak out and get nervous is because we're like, oh my gosh, I can't answer this question. Oh, well, what's the question? Can we break it down? Can we ask someone for help? Can we be clearer about it? Can we step away and come back? Like, it's just a question. This is the challenge. And so practicing that ability to focus on the one next right thing is really helpful. So the next step, and this is not easy, is the one next right thing in setting your goals and staying focused involves asking questions. My friends, it involves asking better and better questions. This is a practice that I encourage you to take in your life. I love the implications in tech because as you ask better and better questions, you become a better technologist. And you're like, well, who do I ask them to? The first person you ask them to is yourself. You absolutely ask these questions to yourself. So let me give you an example of a bad question. A bad question is, am I ever going to get hired in tech? How long is this going to take? Can I really do this? Those are not serving you questions. I say, run up with the bad water. That's not, that's not how that phrase goes, but that's okay. What I say is ask better and better questions. What can I do today? What are the two most important things I can do today to move forward on getting hired? What are the two most important things? And by the way, they both shouldn't be sitting down and writing more code. They're both not that, right? I know Rob and I are on the same page. We talk about you need to have a community around you. You need to be willing to talk to people. And I mean, let me just ask this. Who have you asked to hire you this week? That's the question I have for you. And you say, no, Ellen, I'm not there. Well, when are you going to be there? How about next week? This is the thing. You're going to always feel like you're not ready. And you say, well, I don't have the skills yet. Okay, well, when do you have the skills? So we need to have better and better questions. Who can I ask today? To hire me. And there are lots of ways that you can do that. Like, I'm ready for work. Do you know anyone? Do you have anything at your company? And so often we're afraid to ask that question. And what I like to say is, how mean are you? This is why I say to my students right there, how mean are you that you are refusing to give someone your skills in exchange for high value? Why are you preventing? There's, there's an enormous need in the tech industry. Why are you preventing it? So, okay, I know I'm going on and on because I just love it. So tech is great for us. Tech is absolutely great for us. Yet we can still feel like we don't belong. We can still feel like we don't belong. But tech needs moms. I already told you that. That's an important piece. Well, Ellen, why does tech need moms? Really? To, really? Yes. Okay. So the first reason, high level, it wasn't designed for me. This is before I started my company. I would have women tell me that they couldn't work a remote. 
And so they obviously weren't good at technology. And I said, no, my, I think it was nine, 13. Now, but I, like my nine-year-old works a remote better than me because number one, it was designed for him. And number two, he uses it more. I don't really watch TV. So you're from that mindset. It's really, you're going to, it's a perpetuating cycle. Think about that. Then what about our girls? Well, then our daughters, they're not going to feel like it was designed for them because they, women didn't have the perspective on it. Moms didn't have the perspective. Certainly, I want to be involved in as many technologies as I can because I know that my children, my grandchildren, that's going to impact them. And I want them to feel like it was designed for them. And tech needs moms, in case you didn't hear, technology has an enormous shortfall. There's a ton of technology jobs every I mean, it's really hard to have a job in today's world without some type of technology. But there's this enormous shortfall. And here's the thing, it's only growing bigger. And finally, you actually have the skills. And I'm going to just go dive into it. And you're like, no, Ellen, I don't have those skills yet. Yes, you do. You're wrong. I'm going to tell you how. Okay. So we are their customers. So when we say that it wasn't designed by me, tech needs us. So it is designed by us. We're the ones who purchase it. We make more than 50% of the purchases. So when products are designed, and this is hard or soft, right? The remote or software, and they don't work the way that we feel it should, we should change that. So my husband, Kevin, drives an Escalade, and I drive a minivan. And I'm getting rid of the minivan this year when Reagan turns 16. But I, And I'm excited about that. I'm not a minivan lover. But I will tell you, when I get in that minivan, man, the butt, gosh darn it, if they aren't where I think they should be. But when I get in the Escalade, gosh darn it, it's so confusing. And did you remember the part about me having a computer science degree? Okay, I just don't think they're... And I love GM and I think that's a great car, by the way. But I don't think the buttons work the way that I think they should. And so Cadillac puts more women on our team. And we design. We design. We should not think it wasn't designed for me. We should think, how would I design it? How could it be used for me? We are the customers. And when something doesn't work the way we think, we are not broken. The technology is broken. I get excited about this stuff. So demand for tech talent remains strong. Honestly, ladies, there are so many different jobs. What are the numbers? I'm going to give you a few numbers. It's just all I know is there are a lot of gosh darn jobs. And the one thing I want you to take away, don't get lost in the numbers. You are one person and you need one job. That you are one person, you need one job. So I'm going to prove to you that there are lots of jobs available. But when you think, oh, there are no jobs, they applied for 100 jobs. With the right strategies and the right persistence, you're going to get hired. There's a ton, but I'm going to go over the shortfall as long as you remember that you're one person and you need one job. So U.S. employers posting 1.1 million tech jobs openings in the first quarter of this year. It's an increase of 43% from the year earlier. Now, I'm going to show you this study. I actually think it's a little bit extreme, but they're saying $8.5 trillion talent shortage. This is from Corn Ferry, that by 2030, they're going to have 85 million could go unfilled because there aren't enough skilled people. Now, they're saying that there's 8.5 trillion that's going to happen. And I think this is a little inflated. It's inflated. Let's say it's 10%. It's 850 million jobs that are going to be created in the next 30 years or in the next 10 years. So it's only growing. That's the whole point. It's only growing and getting more in demand. So why not learn your skills now? Say it takes you a year. And I don't think it, I don't think it needs to. But let's say it took you a year. So what? In a year, there's only more jobs and more opportunities. And you're going to be doing this career for the next 10, 20, 30 years. All right. So here's where I said that you have the skills. Listen, I truly and firmly believe in case you didn't catch this, that you can learn whatever tech skills you need to learn. You absolutely can learn these. You are capable of doing this. I don't care what your background is. 
I've worked with social workers, nutritionists, occupational therapists, like really like te- a lot of teachers because I was a teacher, like really any job. I don't care. Stay at home mom. It doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. You can learn the technology. You can learn the technical skills. Here are the skills as a mom you are practicing every day, the technology needs that you may not even be thinking. Deep thinking. You think about what's best for your kids. You think about their growth. What are you creating the right environment for them? Do they go to the right school? Deep thinking. Project management. Oh my gosh, I don't even need to say anything about that. Everybody knows. Problem solving. You're constantly problem solving, you know, and I know sometimes it doesn't feel like, hey, where is the other black sock that you're going to wear? I don't know how they match, but you're problem solving, right? It's like, is it in this hamper or that hamper? Maybe you guys do your laundry a little bit better than me, but that's okay. Empathy, that I is incorrectly spelled, so you're going to have to fix that. Empathy, you, when you are thinking about other people, I just want to say you cannot imagine, yes, in user experience design, yes, in development, we're writing code that someone else can use. Yes, we're designing a software that someone else is going to use. Absolutely. But also when you're thinking about the people you're working with and you're empathetic towards them and you're thinking about the way that you can benefit them, you are doing that every day because you're thinking about your kids every day. I know you are. Maturity, that's not a euphemism for old age. You're a mature person. You've gone through things. That means when the going gets tough, you're not going to wig out. That means you're going to be there and you're going to be able to stay in that space. Do not take that for granted. Okay. Getting it done, baby. That project management. Hey, that homework's got to be done. You got to have that project in. You got to have that poster board. That getting those things done constantly. And those are just small examples. I know we all do, you know, much more mindfully challenging things in our home life, but those are just some examples. On time. You get your kids to school on time. Do you know how much of tech is not on time? Focusing on getting things done on time is really important. And then supportive. I know, already know you're a supportive person. That is so needed in tech. We need to support each other. The agile environment that most tech teams work through is a, it's a raw type of experience where you're like, here's what I'm working on today. And did I get it done? And if I didn't get it done, you're talking to people about it. And it's a very exposing type of experience. And you need people who are supportive. It needs to be an iterative process where we're always getting better. And we understand that perfection is not an achievable goal. So what do we really need in technology? What do we really need? It's really easy. We need you. That's it. We need you. We need you in technology. We need you to tell people that we need more people in technology. That is what we need. In case you're wondering, it looks like you. And I'm going to just close out and say, in case you didn't hear it, you absolutely are techie. You're techie the moment you make that decision and make progress towards your techie goal. It is important for you to believe in yourself and to believe this is possible. Thank you so much for having me here today. Be happy to take questions. Ellen, that is amazing. I love your passion. (laughs) Uh, It's so fun. And I told a lot of our women, we have a bunch of women that just started this week and last week. Great. You know, we've got, I mean, we've got a lot of women in our community who you said, you know, you're already on board, but we've got a lot of women who aren't necessarily on board yet. Like they're like trying them out. I'm not sure if I really belong here and things like that. So (laughs) I, I told everybody, I'm like, this video, you've got to check it out. If anybody can make you believe that this is a place for you and that you can do this, it is Ellen. So I'm so thrilled about that. I took a ton of notes and some really big takeaways. Please, if you've got any questions, go ahead and throw them in the chat. And I was so busy. Normally, I always have lots of questions. I was so busy like taking these inspirational notes for myself that I wasn't ready to get questions. But one of my favorite things that you said was that 
tech is about problem solving, which means there's going to be problems. I love that idea when you said that it's about patience and persistence because we don't think about that. Like, like we do talk all the time, Venus software developers about problem solving. And then people are like, why doesn't my code work? Right? Well, because it's about problem solving. That means you're necessarily going to have problems. Otherwise, it wouldn't be a job. There wouldn't be a thing to do if you weren't solving problems. I love that switch of mindset instead of saying, I expect this to work right every time to say the whole reason why you're here is to solve the problem in front of you. So I love Right. And they I love that too. I love how you comment on that because the you're being paid to think and to solve that problem. You're not being paid because you have some working code in front of you. Big deal. If you have some working code, anyone can pull out some working code. Can you solve that problem? And Robin, I just wanted to tell people, we talked about the podcast earlier. So my website is youartechie.com and then slash podcast. They can get a number of the podcasts on there and we are on all the players. And the reason I say that is not to promote your techie or, or anything like that, but a lot of women you know, they'll hear this and they'll want further support. And the podcast is something that came because I wanted to educate more people on how this process works and how they can break in and how it's possible. So we have like over 150 episodes now. So please, it's all free. Just dive in, take a look. It's all for you. And one of the things that's always my most popular are my success stories. So I can come here and you can hear me and even be inspired. But listen, women are really doing this. I think my students are the inspiring ones and they're the ones. So check out a success story. That's what I'd say. Love hearing the success stories too. So when we were going back and forth on LinkedIn yesterday, one of my tech moms said that you really helped her get out of that tech learning rabbit hole. And I see this. I've got tech moms. I've got one of my tech moms who's from our original program. And I keep telling her, you need to stop going to school. You need to quit taking courses. She's like, well, I did this one boot camp and then I'm going to do this next thing and then I'm taking this course and I have to finish this other thing. And I'm like, you are ready to get hired. You've told us that we need to do it. You've helped us recognize and name the problem. But what is a step to say, how can we believe, okay, I can stop taking courses or I can keep taking courses. But in the meantime, I need to start asking people to hire me. I love the way you said that. How many people have you asked to hire you this week? So how do you make that jump and say, okay, I'm ready to dive in. Whether or not I'm ready, I'm going to dive in anyway. Yeah. I mean, Robin, this was, this was fantastic. And Melanie, thank you so much. Melanie says we've touched on so many things that are holding her back. Melanie, just know like you're not alone. It's just normal. If it resonated with you, it's delivered it, you know, a hundred times before. This was a really important concept for me. It's like, okay, well, what do you need? And quite honestly, I'm not exactly sure if this dies with the way Tech Moms does it, but this is the way that I lay it out very clearly and very simply because what you just described to me sounds very familiar. I've heard that one before. So I look at it like this. My students, you're involved in two activities. Those activities are building your portfolio and building your community. That's all you're doing. You're not writing code. It's not going in your portfolio. You're not doing products. It's not going in your portfolio. You're only building your portfolio and then building your community. By building your community, yes, it's networking, but we talk about the way to do it authentically. I do not believe you have to be an extrovert. I believe you need to meet authentically with people so that you get to work with people you really love. I work with people I love. I think it's very important. I know you do too. That's an important piece to loving your work. And so you're going to connect with people. So those are the two things you're going to do. And the way that I structure this is very simply. So in the beginning, it's 75% portfolio building and 25% community building. And then you move till the end where it's 75% community building, 25% portfolio, because there's always another tweak. But that's another rabbit hole, right? Just keep tweaking your portfolio. And so you say, but Ellen, I just started. I can't do community building. No, you can. I'm sure of it. People do it. So I have loved this story. And it's a really fun story. So one of my students, Gretchen, she went to a meetup. And it was two weeks into our program and she got hired after two weeks. And it was her very first meetup. So we talk a lot about meetups. I started as a meetup. 
My free Facebook group is, came out of a meetup. But Robin, that's how I got hired too from stay at home. I went to one meetup and then I was like, well, actually I'm actively looking for a job. They're like, Josh is hiring. And I walked across the meetup. I met five people and I got hired. So, I mean, I get it. That's not going to be everyone's story, but it is possible. So why not give it a try? You know, it's work. And I want to tell you one more thing on this, on the portfolio building that you say, okay, Ellen, well, how many prod now we get the project, you know, rabbit hole. I say two projects. I say one self-selected that you pick yourself and one that you get a freelance, and I'm putting free in quotes, freelance project where you do the work for free for someone else in exchange for use in your portfolio. Did you hear the part about you have to use it in your portfolio? You don't do it unless you're using your portfolio. And you go through, we do design and development. So you go through that process. And after two projects, I just like basically yell at everyone and say, you're done. Stop doing another project. Don't take another project. Just get hired. And I think that it's really hard, but I do get amped up because I had to come to that term like, okay, it's two, that's it. It's not three, it's not five. Because if you don't have that number, you don't have something that is stopping you from moving forward, you're just going to keep spinning out. I need to learn this. And even with that, you know, people can spin, but that's when I think you're job ready. And that doesn't mean that you're necessarily going to go make a hundred thousand at an incredible job after two projects, but it does mean that you can add value to a project. It does mean that you know enough to be dangerous. And let me tell you, as a developer, I know a lot of developers, they don't want to write, they want to update code. They don't want to be tweaking their CSS. They don't want to do that. So if you can just do that for them, they're very happy to pay you a lovely salary for that. I love it. And I love how you're just kind of giving people permission to just say like, you don't need to be spinning forever. You don't need to wait forever. And I think what you said, that you will never feel ready is so true. And that's the same thing. I tell people that when they talk about having kids, right? I've got Ellen, you and I, we got our big families. Well, what do you have, Robin? Nine, eight? Six. No, six. Oh, six. Oh, look at me. I'm like, I very well. We've got one of our new tech moms who's got 10. I'm like, I rarely meet people with more kids than me. But that's the thing. Like, and I'm not telling everyone, go have kids. You have them when you want. But you will never feel ready to have kids. You will never feel ready to dive into this scary new job. The other thing I love that you talked about so much was being patient and persistent and not comparing your timeline to other people. And that's something that we see as well, because we've got tech moms too, who get right out there and they get this job and it's inspiring and wonderful and we're so happy. But then if someone else are like, well, I must not be good enough. I must not belong, right? Mm-hmm. It's not for me. If, if I wasn't able to get that job really quickly, right out of the gate, the way my other tech mom did, then she belongs here and I don't. That's such an important piece to this because I always have some all-stars, right? Like, so they join my program and then like it's weeks. It's like just a couple of weeks and they get hired. Sometimes they get hired for these ridiculous rates. So here's what I would say. Number one, and I understand I'm a big extrovert, big personality. I get it. But I'm married to an introvert and that's not a thing. Being an introvert or extrovert does not mean you're better or worse at this. about what I'm about to tell you. And I think the reason people get hired, so really focus on this, is communicating your value. So it's not just doing the skills. Like sometimes we get into that hole and this is very common that we're like, we're working on the project. We're working on it. We're working on it. And you've got to remember like, what are the skills? How do I come out of that? And I know you're great at this, Robin, helping people communicate their value of the current. So the way I look at it is like leverage your previous experience, whatever it is, plus your new skills equals I'm ready to get hired. That's your story. So really focusing on that and working on communicating that value that can accelerate that timeline and your ability to really reach out to people and tell them and just reach out to people that you know at first, you know, your neighbors, a friend from high school that you haven't talked to, but they're in tech, they'll help you out. And you're like, oh, we went to the same school, let alone your colleges, which I know you guys are great at too. Like your college network is great. 
I love my husband's friends. That's another way. Now I have way more tech friends than he does, which it really bothers me when people are like, oh, is your husband in tech? No, just me. I'm really loud about that. But you know what? If your husband has technology friends and or friends in tech, and keep in mind, they don't even have to be in tech. Maybe they're in HR, they're in marketing, or they're just working a company that you like. Try not to be so rigid with who the criteria that you can ask for if they can hire you. Try to be open to that conversation. Here's what I found, Robin, and tell me if this isn't true for you. When my students reach out to people for help, they're so generous with their time. When you say to someone, I'd like to learn about what you did at the company you work for. Will you talk to me about that? Will you help me? I'm a mom trying to break into tech. Oh my gosh, it's amazing. I just want to thank you to the people who are so generous. We're afraid to reach out to them. And yet that's the pathway. Is that true for you too? 100%. Absolutely. And that's one of the things that we talk about a little bit is asking people for help in a way that they can give it, right? Like not everybody who's just like a random person at a company can help you get a job, right? But they can help information. They can share ideas. They can give you advice. And maybe they can connect you with someone who can help you get the job. And so being open, like asking people for the kind of help that they can give is one of the ways that you can really have success. But I love this, where you're talking about the different types of people that you can talk to. I talk all the time that whenever I'm at a soccer game, which I'm at 100,000 soccer games, I have six kids, right? But yeah. I know the jobs of every parent because I talk about jobs. That's it. I like instead of saying, oh, tell me about your kids or tell me where you went on vacation. I'm like, what do yeah. you do? Tell me about your company and things like that. So yeah. there are places, even if we're not working currently, even I think I don't have a professional network. Well, most people have jobs, right? If we don't have one that's paid right now, everybody around us probably does. So when we're at church, we're at the PTA meeting, when we're at the soccer game, that's an opportunity for us to get to know more people and build that network. I love it. I think that's such a great message. And yeah, I mean, I can't even tell you how many great contacts I met on the sports fields of my children's sports. It's too many to name. I'll tell you one more story. And I'm happy to take a question if anyone has it. But one more story about one of my students who she's now a mentor of a program, a super successful teacher to UX designer. And she went to a meetup. She like listened to me and did it. And she was scared, by the way. And she met someone and she was like very new. But she did this thing where she took him on her journey. He was a mentor. She did all these things. And she even asked him for a job and there wasn't one available at the time. And so she got hired with like a freelance project. And then she was like, pedal to the metal. She starts interviewing and she tells this guy she had like five or six interviews. I mean, she was ready to go. She was a teacher. You know, the school year is going to start. She wanted to work before the school year starts. Love my teachers. You guys are so sweet. So, and this man, like seeing that she wins this hot commodity, they had developed this relationship from a meetup. And then she, you know, was a paid UX designer. And then she was going to get hired by one of these companies. He go, went ahead and snatched her up and hired her. And she didn't have the skills when she met him. So, you know, that is the power of it is that if you let people on your journey, you never know. You just never know. Yeah. I love it. I have a question. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. So, a lot of times, I see jobs posted within our tech moms group and want LinkedIn or Indeed. How do we get past those bots that are just looking for the specific words that will move your resume on so that people actually look at it? You know, I understand the importance of networking and I'm like, okay, I've got to go find some meetups that I need to go network and talk to the people I know. But when the companies are somewhere else and we're applying online, how do we get past those things? Especially as a new tech person, I don't can't say I've got coding skills and this skill. I have mom skills and I have life skills. Yeah, I mean, definitely. This is a great question. I appreciate it. 
Actually, it's not a great question. Actually, I'm going to tell you to ask a better question. So I want to say thank you for asking that question. And here's why I want you to ask a different question. This is very common. It's like, well, how do I get past the bots? Who cares? That's irrelevant. That's not important. You will develop that as you learn. Like if you're just starting out, you will develop that and it will be authentic and true to you and your story. And so whether you have, you know, React or JavaScript, those are just kind of nuances. And instead, it's not how do I apply for a job? Because another thing I didn't get into is I used to do the Indeed desk scroll after I would code. I'd look through all these job postings. I'm not qualified for this. It can get you negative. I can't possibly do this. Okay, but that's not going to help you. And job postings, by the way, they can tend to put people in a negative position because you think you need to know every skill on there. And if you're applying to jobs there, you know every single skill, that is not going to be a great job for your growth trajectory. So I talk all about this. I talk about some podcasts. The way that I tell my students is just find one job that you really love and that seems special, important to you. And if you say, well, Ellen, I love this job, but I don't have those skills. Well, there is a point, like you heard me say, leverage your previous experience plus two new projects. So you need to scale up to a certain point. But in terms of the strategy, what I recommend is you look at one job posting that you really love, and then you find that company. And then you reach out to five people at that company at LinkedIn. And you might say, well, Ellen, well, which people? Well, this is something that, you know, it becomes nuanced. You're trying to solve this problem. Okay, who are the five best people that I could reach out to? Maybe one is a woman in tech. Maybe one is someone you went to college with. Maybe someone is the person who can do the hiring. And you reach out to them on LinkedIn and you ask them about the culture of their company. I mean, this is a whole thing. Like You just asked a question. What I'm trying to tell you is you're going to spend weeks and months figuring that out. But if you look through job postings, instead of reaching out to people and authentically connecting, that's where you're going to be in that Indeed desk scroll. No offense to Indeed. I would just scroll through them. I always say limit your job search time to 25 minutes. That's all you're allowed to do. The rest of your time should be focused on building your new skills and building your community. It's really one job is really just an opportunity for you to network with more people. I could probably take one more question, Robin. She says, Ellen, I love your podcast. Thanks for empowering women. My favorite thing you said today was getting the perfect job isn't the goal. Breaking, breaking in is the goal. Yeah, I'm working on my first tech job right now, not loving it. You helped me feel that I've done the hardest part. I can focus on trajectory moving something forward. So the thing is, Bethany, if you are in a job that you don't love, and I like first, I'm sorry, I'm giving you a hug. That's information. And so that's why I have a free download, yourtechie.com slash dream job. Fill out your dream job description. You probably just didn't have all the information that you needed. Now you have great information to move forward and leverage it. So don't stop. Keep going. This is just an iterative process. And I like to say, you might not get your dream job. You might not get your dream job on the next one. But if you're taking steps towards your dream job, you're in the right trajectory and progress is going to feel amazing. And congratulations on breaking into tech. And there you have it. Why tech needs moms and moms need tech. I hope you enjoyed this two-part series of the speech that I gave for tech moms, for my friends Robin and Mikkel. Thank you so much for inviting me. And tech moms, I hope that you have an incredible experience. I know that there's a lot of doubt creeping in at the beginning, but there are people and resources here who want to help you. So reach out ask for help. It's such an important aspect of it. And I hope that these two podcast episodes support you in your learning journey to the tech job of your dreams. Thank you so much. Hey, if you enjoyed listening to this podcast, you have to sign up for the UR Techie email list. Imagine being in the tech job of your dreams. Join me to get the strategies, training, and never-ending support to get hired. Sign up at URTechie.com. That's Y-O-U-A-R-E-T-E-C-H-Y.com. I'll see you next time.